Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. Well, let's go ahead and get into the Word. Before we do that, let's pray today and welcome His presence. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we love You. We praise You. We honor You. We glorify Your name. You are good. You are mighty. We thank You, God, for being God. And being willing to have relationship with us through Christ Jesus that you sent your son. And so, God, we thank we're so thankful for that as we remember to live lives of gratitude. God, I pray that now in this moment, as your words are being uh, shared and talked about, the father, they, they, they will within us, they will just grow within us. I thank you for every seed that's planted today. Father, I pray that you my words would be your words and everything else would fall to the wayside. Father, that we would focus on you and you alone. We welcome you, you Holy Spirit, in this place, in this moment, wherever we are right now. Holy Spirit, move. We just rest in your presence. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, again, if you're just jumping on, welcome to Word of Life Family Church Online uh, it's, I'm excited to be with you today. We're going to continue. Last week I started uh, a talk about overcomer, but more specifically about being sick and tired of getting switching that around to say, no, I'm drawing a line in the sand, devil. You're a liar and you're, and you're a stinker. And, uh, and that we are sick and tired of you allowing you to rule our emotions. And, and so we're, we're looking at this. We can continue to look at this because sometimes we face circumstances. We all face challenges and issues and, and things in life. And, and how we deal with the circumstance really will either elevate that challenge or elevate the Father in our life and, and how we begin to see what God is doing. And so we're looking at this. And so, yeah, you might have said, I'm, uh, man, I'm sick and tired. No, we're going to put that away. So I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired today. So I introduced, uh, I, I talked about we're going to have three God remedies that we looked at. In Acts chapter 16, this is a story of Paul and Silas, and I read pretty much the whole story, so I'm not going to do that today, but I do want to kind of just give you a recount, just a little bit of, kind of rehash a little bit. So, so Paul and Silas are on their way to church, doing something good, normal, on their way to glorify and honor God, and they come in contact with a young lady that's kind of antagonizing them. We find out that she's demon-possessed, but she is also has this gift of, uh, uh, of foretelling the future. Uh, it's not prophecy. It's, it's a false uh, falseness, a counterfeit with God, what God has. And anyway, so, so she becomes... The, she, antagonizes Paul and Silas, kind of making fun of him. And though he, she was saying the right thing, she was kind of making fun of him. So Paul turns around, Paul and Silas turn around, pray, you know, be de delivered in Jesus' name. Well, this upsets her owners because she was a slave and they were using her and that gift, that satanic gift that she had to further their, their profits and, and to gain by that. And so now she wasn't able to do that. She was delivered. She's set free. 
of that, but now they just saw dollar signs going out the window, and so they're upset, and so they kind of rile up the crowd, so the crowd gets upset, and long story short, they're falsely accused, and they are then thrown into prison, but before they're thrown into prison, it says that they were beaten with rods and sticks. I mean, they, they weren't just uh, irate. They, were com I mean, they weren't just mad. They were completely irate at them, and so they beat them up, and then they threw them into prison on a false fabricated charge. Um, and, and not only did they get thrown into prison, they didn't get thrown into the light offenders. They got thrown into the worst place of all. They were into the inner cell, the Bible says, and they are, their, feets, their feet were, were attached to, to chains, chains to the wall, chains to the floor, and all that kind of thing. So it was really a bad day, to say the least. And, and I said that I, I don't, I've never experienced those kinds of bad days. I know, though, however, that I've had some bad days, and I know that even if if in the whole grand scheme of things, if you were trying to measure bad days, uh, it certainly didn't measure to that level that I've experienced multiple times in my life. It doesn't to, to that kind of degree that Paul and Silas, but it sure felt that way in the moment. And, and that's really what we're at. It doesn't matter the reality of the circumstance, the bad day. When we have a bad day and we feel that, it really tries to hard press us. And so we looked at this and the fact that God's remedies through through Acts chapter 16 was that Paul and Silas declared praise. Remember I said there were three of them. The first one was praise. Praise. Our life, our joy, and our victory are not determined by our circumstance. Whether we find ourselves hard-pressed, in prison, or having a bad report, it doesn't change what God says. And so it's in the proof and the truth of what God says that we praise. We don't praise for the storm. We praise in the storm. Amen? And so this is what makes us different from the world or the, the way that the world, the, the worldliness of the na uh, human nature would be. And, and, and the enemy would want us to continue to follow after human nature because he wants to antagonize us. He wants us, because he knows if he can get our feelings, that he can usually drive what we do by how we feel. And so it's so important that we would, 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 kick off our feelings and say, feelings, I feel you, and I'm not ignoring you, but I'm not going to let you rule my life. God is the ruler of my life. He is Lord and he is king. Amen? And so if we don't do this, if we deal with it in the wrong way, it will take us longer and further and, and, and deeper into depression or heartache or despair, and that's not the will of God for our life. Our joy is based on the promise of who God is and what he says about us and who we are in him. No matter what we encounter, no matter, say no matter what I encounter, no matter what we encounter, you're going to go through because God's going to see you through. Uh, we, we said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul pleaded with the Lord about something uh, he called the thorn in the flesh. We're not sure what that thorn in the flesh is, but I sure felt that way before. Like, God, why did you just take this, this issue or this challenge or this constant nagging problem that I keep facing? And, and so Paul is, is, is in Second Corinthians chapter 12, is, is pleading with God. And God answers him, not with the, not with, oh, I'm so sorry, though he, he didn't want him to feel that way. He, he, he does it differently. He responds in a way that's, that's 
that raises the level of expectation. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, you might be dealing with this thing. You might have the problems and issues, and, but my grace is sufficient for you. And for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so if you're feeling weak today, I've got good news. You're an overcomer because of God in you. And what you would do is tap into praising the king of kings and let God rule and he promises that that's when you are laying it down your weakness. He says you are strong. He becomes strong in you. And, and Paul begins to boast about it. He gets such a revelation that he goes on in verse 10. He says, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In other words, when I just lay it down and I'm like, I can't. God says, I can Put me in, coach, so to speak. And so we want to do that today. Amen? And so just praise him. Praise you, God. We praise you in the storm. Not for the storm. We praise you in the storm. And we know that we're going to get to the other side. Amen? Number two. I said there were three. We only got to one last week. So today we're going to get to number two and three. I'm praying. I'm believing. Here we go. The number two God remedy, we find in Acts chapter 16 in this story, Paul and Silas, is prayer. There's two of them. This is kind of twofold, though. This is the second one. It's prayer. Prayer gets God's attention. It's, it's speaking back to him. It's having a conversation with the Father. And second, worship puts us in the position to receive. I posted um, uh, the, the graphic for this, this series was a song. Uh, at the bottom of the of the post, it has a song. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And this is really what we're saying. Prayer is saying, God, I'm having a conversation. I'm going to the Father. God, I need your help. I pray, Father, now in Jesus' name that you help me, that you lead me. And now it says, I worship you. It's beginning to surrender to him and who he is instead of surrendering to the issue, the challenge, or the problem. I'm going to worship you because that worship, ah, I worship you. See, it puts us in a position to receive. You see, my hands are out. It's not just worship. It's receive. When I'm ready to get something good, I'm excited. I'm holding my hands out like this, and God fills them up every time. And so it's in that way that we get in that position of worship. God turns our worship into receptives, uh, receivers, amen? Uh, I don't know if that's a word, but come, go with me on this one. You're receiving God's position, his truth, and his promise. Paul said this. He says, uh, it says in 16 of 25, Chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. I can understand praying. I mean, if we're just being honest, I've certainly prayed in a desperate situation. So I can get that. I'm like, okay, I'm praying. Uh, I don't believe that's how, how Paul and Silas were praying. Uh, I don't see how they could have done that in the way that would happen. But let's just say that we're saying, oh, yeah, I can get there at prayer. Oh, Lord, help me, help me, Lord. But I don't think they were praying that way. But I can see this. But I don't see how they can go from getting from prayer, getting into a praise and worship set. Come on. You know, it wasn't like the music was rumbling and the pads were behind it, you know, trying to get us all excited. You know, there was no music and, and, and atmosphere of praise in prison by any stretch. Uh, but yet they found a way to get there. Why? Because they have a truth of who God is more than the truth of where they found themselves amen god is 
is expecting you to do that very thing. Prayer is calling on God for his power and his intervention. And worship is saying, God, I'm laying it down. I'm trusting you. I know I'm trusting you that you hear me, that you see me, that this didn't catch you off guard, even though it might have caught me off guard. You knew exactly what was happening. I don't believe it's from you, but I thank you that you will remove me from this difficult challenge. Amen. And so that's what worship says. Now I want to rest in in you. I'm going to sing, woo, and I'm going to give you glory and praise, not for the storm, not for the challenge, and not for the heartache, and not for the injuries and all of the things I experienced, but how wonderful, God, you are. Even if I find myself in desperation, you are desperately seeking to show me your love. Hallelujah. That's our God. Amen. So when you can worship in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of trials, in the midst of times of being really tired, of circumstances that we're currently in when you can believe god's bigger come on that is a that is about ready to get you into a result of revival i believe that when we begin to say and to, to, to declare while we're doing this now i'm going to pray and i know it's the last thing that we want to do it's the last thing at least maybe not the last thing we want to do it's the last thing we feel like we want to do and, and so this is why we have to let feelings not rule us. Amen. Uh, so critical, so important that we don't let the soulish realm, the mind, the will, and the emotion rule our life. It has to be the spirit of God that's in us. He's given us a reborn power, Holy Spirit, power-packed spirit. We should be listening to that and letting that move us and change us and, and let us uh, to... May we allow that to direct us. Amen. So when we worship God in the midst of tragedy, trial, times of being tired of our circumstance, we are saying, I believe, God, you're bigger. Remember, uh, uh, remember in Matthew chapter six, uh, Jesus said this in verse 27. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And, and one of my goes on to say in verse 33 and 34, these are this is uh, probably one of my all time favorite Verses, at least it's one of my all-time life-changing personal experience verses for me when God began to speak to me in a very big way one time when I was in a kind of a hard-pressed, desperation kind of place. It wasn't life-threatening, but it sure was hard-pressed. I felt hard-pressed, and I was really been pressed down and, and really in confusion and despair and all of this. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 33 and 34, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't get distracted by today or tomorrow's issues and challenges. Only discover and seek. And seek out the kingdom of God. He's your righteousness. He is your goodness. He is your greatness. Because in all of the other things are going to be given to you as well. All of the fruits of the Spirit are given to us if we'll seek the Father's face. Amen. And that not worry about tomorrow. I love Paul uh, says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. I'm going to read it for you. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, 
but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I love this. This is prayer. This is praise. And this is worship. I'm not telling us, and God would not tell us, that we ignore it or not express the idea that we are, we're, we're hurting. Okay, it's okay to be real with God in that way. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy lie to you and say you have to ignore something. We just don't have to take, use that something that's, that's trying to grab our attention. And we can just take it by the neck and say, listen up, you buster. Uh, I, may be, I may be hard-pressed on every side, but you're not crushing me. Right? That circumstance is not going to crush you. I believe that. That didn't crush Paul and Silas, the fact that they were hard-pressed. On every side. They're looking around everywhere. And they're like man this is not cool. This is not great. But they said no 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 no. I'm not crushed. I can. St- I still got a voice. I think one of the mistakes. That probably these. these um, uh, uh, the people that throw them in prison. One of the mistakes they made. They might have tied their, their feet into stocks. They should have probably. Hold, held down their hands. Because their hands began to raise. They began to praise. And God began to move. Listen, he was earth shattering. God revealed himself in an earth shattering way. It says that the the foundations of the prison began to shake and the prison doors came open. I declare that over our lives in Jesus name, over every circumstance, every bad report, every hard pressed feeling that we have, that those prison gates, that times that we feel imprisoned, by the what life and all of the things that those prison gates are flying open in Jesus name amen you may be hard pressed on every side I, we recognize it it's okay to recognize it but I'm not crushed man I might be really perplexed but I'm not in despair I may be feeling persecuted but I am not abandoned my god is on my side amen so, so this is where um, Proverbs talks about lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight, right? We, 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 we can't, we're perplexed often. Like I know I've, I found myself in that place where I've said this, God, why? Like I don't understand. And but I think God's saying, why are you blaming me? Why are you? It's not me. It's the enemy. He's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to bring life and bring it more abundant. I sent everything. Your son. Don't don't question that it's from me. Question the enemy and say, get out of here. Speak to that devil and say, go in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we only can do this if we don't lean on human understanding. But we'll, we'll listen to the power and the promises of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So good. Amen. So three remedies. So we said number one was praise. Number two was a twofold one, prayer and worship. And number three, this one might sound strange at first, but hold on. Listen up. Number three, the third remedy to overcome sick and tiredness, overcoming that and saying, no, I'm not sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of you, devil, is number three is obedience. <laughs> I know you're like obedience. Come on now. Now, an obedience might be a bad word because it might have a connotation that we are talking about, you know, li- living right and all the things we can't do and all those kind of things. Like when we were kids, you better be obedient. You're thinking all the fun things you can't do. But how about we look at the obedience as different? How about how about we look at it 
in a way like this, that it's more like a, um, a determination or a discipline maybe. Obedience. Live for God even when it's not convenient or it's, or it's not popular or I think this is probably where we find ourselves the most not feeling like it. I, I know that our first uh, intuition when we're hard-pressed is not to get into a praise kind of set or, or get into a prayer set. And that's not normally our human first response, though it should be because we're not human. We're not of this world. We're in this world, but not of this world. Uh, it should be of praise, prayer, and worship. And so obedience, listen, is this. Obedience is having the determination to obey the truth of what God says. He says, if you will, if you will use your voices and your heart and your surrender to me, I will release you and I will release the revival in you. I'll revive your life in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a challenge. Amen. I love this. Uh, when we feel like it, listen, it says when we live for God, I said this, when we live for God. Now, what I mean by live for God is I don't mean like do's, rights and wrongs and do's and don'ts. I mean that pressed in kind of living, like that going for broke kind of living for God, that lifestyle of like pressing in. You know, I, I've heard this, I, sometimes I'll watch some of those um, music shows, you know, where they sing competition, singing competitions or whatever. I, I know I'm describing it weird. But when those reality shows and they always say this, they always say, hey, just put it all out on the stage. I'm going to pull it all in on the stage. I don't really know what that means, except for we're just going for broke. We're just like I'm putting it all down. I may totally fall and fail, fall on my face, but I won't have regret that I didn't try enough. And that's what really living for God is. It's saying, you know what? That's God. You're the only hope I have. You're the only peace I'm going to gain is only through you. No other things. And so obedience, when I say obedience, is being obedient to that truth. It's really having the faith to believe what God's word is. That's what obedience is. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it says that other prisoners were listening to them, praying to them, uh, or were listening. Let me try that again. It says that other prisoners heard them praying, singing, and worshiping God. They were listening in. And, and, and now it's important because they weren't praying. The, the, those that were listening weren't praying and they weren't singing, but they were listening to those that were. And so Paul and Silas were being obedient to what they knew in their heart was the right thing to do. And that's what I'm trying to get at. They weren't coming along with the choir that was singing already in the prison. They initiated it by their obedience, not in their obedience of, oh, God, if I do this, you'll do this. But my obedience in this, I'm trusting God with all my heart, leaning not on my own understanding and all my ways, acknowledging him. And he will keep my path straight. That's obedience. Being obedient to the truth of what we know is true. That's God. Amen? So it wasn't about normal. It wasn't about how normal you think it was. Or you don't, how normal. It's not normal. I know it's not normal to respond this way. And I know it's easy for me to say, but more difficult to live it out. But I promise you, it's worth the difficulty. It's worth the pushing through. It's worth the pressing on. Because God says that he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And he's saying, if you'll just be obedient to his truth by just worshiping, praising him, worshiping him with everything you are, even in the midst of challenge, 
he says, I'm going to show up. I'm going to reveal myself just like he did with Paul and Silas. We're putting ourselves in this position so we can see the truth. God says, I'm going to do it. He's not a respecter of persons. And he did it not because Paul and Silas were wonderful or awesome or better than anyone else. He did it because of Christ Jesus. <laughs> and, and he sent Jesus for every one of us, for me, for you, for all of us. And so it's in that tr truth and that awesomeness that we also can fulfill our destiny in that way. I can imagine uh, in their minds, and maybe even there were some people in there in this prison like, shh, knock it off. What are you doing? We're in the middle of the worst place. Stop trying to be all positive. You know, I know I've been told that, in, and I'm sure maybe I've even said that to some people. Just let me wallow, okay? And uh, it's not it's not worth it. It is so not worth it because it finds us. It takes us deeper into uh, and more hardship uh, in our heart, in our feelings, and uh, and so we can't do that. Amen. And so. God, three God remedies, overcome sickness and tiredness by this way, praise. I praise you in the storm. See, I sang it. That's, I, I was like, I'm, you know, I praise you, God. And I don't sing, but I praise you, God. You, It's beautiful in his eyes, even in his ears, even if it wasn't to yours. I'm going to praise you. God, I'm praying. God, I'm praying. I pray that you are God and you are good. I pray that you know how much I love you. And I worship you now. I lay your hands. So praise, prayer and worship, and then finally, obedience. To be obedient to praise and to pray and to worship. That's what obedience is in this way. Having the faith that, God, I'm going to be obedient to you in Jesus' name. I know if we would apply these remedies day in, day in, day in and day out. This is not just a one-time kind of thing. And please understand me. If you're dealing with really difficult hardships right now, do it. But if you're not dealing with difficult hardships, do it. Because it's so much better to exercise those muscles of faith in the moment when you're not hard-pressed. So that you have already have the strength. You've already strengthened your muscles in faith and this truth. So that when you go to the fight... You, are, you have the power to do it. Now, I want to remind you, it's not even in your power. It's in his power. But he asks us to, to exercise so that our minds are renewed so that we will be, it will be the first thing that we do rather than the third or fourth or fifth or hundredth thing we do. See, that's what the exercising of faith is. Exercising faith doesn't mean we're pumping ourselves up so we're stronger. It's so that our mind is more entirely linked to the Spirit of God in us. And when we are linked and there's a constant flow, then we begin to respond God ways. Amen? I pray that this you hear this today. I pray that you receive it today. I pray I receive it and hear it today because we're on this walk and this journey together. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this day and this promise. God, I thank you that we live in a place where we can be thankful and so we will make the decision to be thankful. And even when we find ourselves in positions and places where we wouldn't seemingly should find any thankfulness, God, we will, in that moment, we will use your remedies that Paul and Silas revealed 
that we will praise you in the storm. We will praise you. We will determine that our victory and our joy and our hope is based on who you are and not what we're facing. We praise you. God, that we will also go to you. We will pray and we will worship your name. God, finally, that we would be obedient. Obedient in these truths every single day, every single hour of our life, we will be obedient to that truth. And I know that your word says you'll get us through it. We thank you for it, Father. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.